0: Fasten your seatbelts. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go.
1: Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid.
0: It might be a tumor.
1: It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. don't if...
0: You're going to ask me.
1: 30 something movie podcast whoa coming in hot there coming in hot speaking of hot I got Bo I got Pat how you guys doing yo (laughs) going with the Sly Stallone response yo
0: yo Adrian
1: oh man another day another movie Patrick how are you doing tonight
2: man all good all good Fired up! This is there a good go.
1: movie. This is a really good movie. Yeah, this one a lot of fun. Uh, yeah yeah so this one uh this one was from one of our so here's here's kind of the uh that we have not had these before um but we have some patreon patrons now so this episode is not one that made it to our kind of final slate of 1990 movies um but this was from uh, podrick donahue one of our patreon patrons this was his choice for the listener's choice movie that he wanted us to take a look at and so uh, it is mr destiny starring jim belushi so yeah, this one was not, uh, it was, I think it was kind of very close to the edge of being on our list for this year, um, but just did not make the final cut when we went through and and sorted everything out for the year. So yeah, this this, this should be a fun one. So and, uh, I had not seen this movie before watching it. So
0: what about you, Pat? Have you seen this one before? I had not seen this movie
2: and okay, interesting. I, it was great. you had, you had seen this movie, Bo? Oh, this is a,
0: this is a regular watch for me.
2: Okay. Nice. I can see why. I mean, it's really, it's just a fun, it's a great movie.
0: There nice. are two Jim Belushi movies from 1990. They came out real close together. This and Taking Care of Business. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love them both. Nice. Say what you will about Jim Belushi and what he's become in the later parts of his career. What What has he become? He's kind of a, just a caricature of himself now. He's he shows up at all the Chicago sporting events, and you're not really sure why he's there. And i I saw like an improv show that he
2: put on a couple of years back. Nice. And that I I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought they, you know,
0: I have always found him amusing. I think he just sort of tries to remain relevant and annoys people in the process. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Some of his TV ventures have not been that great. Okay, um, but I've always enjoyed this movie. Yeah,
2: I, I enjoy him. I mean, well, and we're kind of jumping the gun here. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, John. I'll let you continue with the intro. But
1: <laughs> no, no, you go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting in watching him. You know, it's like how does he fit in in the pantheon of of all these folks, and and it's almost like you know he's got. I, I mean, obviously his brother was you know, comic genius and known for all that. But I'm going to sit here and analyze it like anyone's asking me to star in a movie or do comedy or any of that kind of stuff. But it seems like he can capture a little bit of that like every man thing, you know? He's got some of that humor and the way he phrases things and a little bit, I, you know, sleazy is the wrong word, but a little bit of that, okay, he's he's up to something kind of. He's got a little bit of that something, something that Bill Murray has. And he's got some of the you know, uh, you know, that ability to throw looks and make you laugh. Just, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like his brother had, but he's kind of a combination, kind of a combination of the both. Like I, like I said, he's, he's entertaining to watch. I like him in movies and I like how he, he seems almost like if Bill Murray and, and John Belushi are bigger, larger than life. Jim Belushi kind of fits in as like the every man, but just really stinking funny. And real. you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I, he seems believable in a lot of these roles, just kind of as what like a real person would do. I don't know if I'm putting the right words on it, but anyways, those were just my thoughts on Jim Belushi.
1: You know, he had some movies kind of in the mid to late eighties and then it kind of, you know, it kind of got to be, you know, almost a, a caricature of himself and some of his TV outings were not so great. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. He was a a voice actor in a bunch of different cartoons kind of throughout the. Oh, kind of throughout the mid to late nineties. Um, and then he had this, he had his fairly long running show, according to Jim. Um, that was, I think that one went eight, seven or eight years
0: longer than I thought. That's for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah. It went on for quite a while. Oh, here uh, IMDb, uh, 182 episodes.
0: Yeah. That is not what I would have expected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then just a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of a bunch of small parts here and there, some voice acting stuff here and there. Um, so yeah i mean he's he's done a lot of stuff he's got 156 credits on imdb now he was uh and and interesting i didn't realize that he was he had quite as many um like uh cartoon voice acting credits
0: yeah me neither that was kind of a surprise
1: yeah because i think it was more from like the the movies that we've you know covered on the podcast or um you know kind of those mid to late uh, mid to late 80s early 90s stuff I'm thinking of um you know about last night he was in that one uh apparently it was it was in little shop of horrors I don't remember him being in little shop of horrors I'd have to go back and try to catch what character he was in that but uh red heat you know we did that one um and then a bunch of other he was in k9 which i think came out the same year as uh Turner and hooch yep um you know so yeah i mean he's he's been around for quite a while
2: he play in, in one of those romantic comedy thingamaboppers that we watched with uh, Sam Seaborn? Wasn't yep. he like the friend?
1: Yep. That was the about last night.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he was in trading places, you know. Yeah. I mean, quite a few things. I mean, he's got it's got a lot of credits, but yeah, I don't know lately I guess he just had been in too much that I've seen lately, at least. Mm hmm. But no, I definitely, definitely enjoyed this movie. So, you know, just kind of jump in the gun just a little bit. But uh, yeah, had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, when I saw what the critics give it on um, Rotten Tomatoes, some of the other ones, I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of harsh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, yeah. I mean, all right, we'll get into it when we talk about the movie. But I'm like, I, I don't know that I agree with that part of it. All right. Well, I, I don't think that we have any movie news. I mean, I, pretty much everything we've talked about lately is movie theaters are shutting down and. Movies are getting pushed back all over the place. So, depending on
2: when this came out, about a month ago, Rick Moranis got into uh back in the news, not in the way you want, but I guess. Did you guys hear about Rick Moranis?
1: So, he got like hit over the head by somebody, got, got attacked got by somebody,
2: mugged. yeah. He got mugged, yeah, you know, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, too bad. I mean, that's bad when that happens to anybody, right. but Obviously, you know, Rick Moranis is a done so many great movies and you know, that made a big difference to a lot of people. So just unfortunate when that happens, but obviously it's unfortunate when it happens to anybody. Yeah. So,
1: uh, well this one, so just to give people a sense of, um, you know, this, this is coming in the middle of our October month. I did not play the scary intro to this one because it doesn't really, it's not a horror movie, so it does not fit in with our horror movies. So, um, this one being kind of a listener's choice episode for our Mm -hmm. Patreon patrons, uh, which we are calling our co-executive producers, of the podcast in keeping with the kind of film theme of everything around here. Um, So when we do these episodes, if we have uh, Patreon patrons and we have uh, extra episodes that we're doing, um, we'll kind of release those in between some of our other episodes. So because we had a couple of different patrons join us in uh, right here before the beginning of October, um, we're going to have a lot of episodes coming out in October. Actually, I I counted it up and I want to say... One, two, three, four. I want to say we're going to have close to like eight episodes in October. They're going to to be coming out um, between all these extra episodes. Um, We've got another one, too. Now that we have some Patreon patrons, we've got a monthly kind of exclusive podcast that will only be available to the Patreon patrons that uh, join us at that particular level to be able to get the, uh, the monthly show. And I, we're, you know, we'll be offering some other stuff available to them as well, uh, to anybody who's joining us regularly for that. So, uh, thank you to everybody who has donated to help out the show and uh, keep the lights on here. You know, we are we are not a big production, so anything that we have helps kind of keep things moving along. We do this because we love it, but um, you know that definitely helps us to to make the show even better and keep things, uh, keep things coming. Cause you know, we, we basically, we've said this before, we basically treat this like it's a conversation between friends and we want you to be in on the conversation with us. So, um, yeah, go check out our website, 30 podcast.com. It's got links where you can find out how you can join, uh, and become a co-executive producer of the show as well. Um, has other places where you can rate, uh, and subscribe to the show. You can leave us a voicemail directly through our new website, all that other stuff. So check that out. Um, But yeah, kind of looking around at the schedule here. So when this episode comes out, um, we will have had just a few days ago, Stephen King's It episode will have just come out. So check that one out if you want to get back into the kind of the October uh, horror movie theme. And then uh, coming up a few days from now, uh, on Wednesday, Jacob's Ladder will be coming out. Um, That was a fun one. Watched that one, and uh, we—I think we were pleasantly surprised by that one, having not had, uh, having not seen it before. Um, I think we were kind of pleasantly surprised at, at how much we enjoyed that movie. And then coming up a little bit after that, um, we are going to have our second of our uh, Patreon listeners' choice movies. It is going to be the um, uh, Richard Gere movie *Internal Affairs*. Is going to be coming out uh, probably in about a week or so. Um, And that is for one of our other Patreon patrons. And then following that up, we've got Tremors. And then after Tremors, uh, we'll kind of towards the end of the month will be our first of our Patreon exclusive episodes for members only. And that is Brewster's Millions from 1985. And then we're going to round out the month uh, with the movie Misery. So that one will be coming up at the end of the month, a little bit closer to Halloween. So busy, busy, busy month of October. Yes. But we don't mind that. We don't mind being busy. What else are you going to do at this point?
2: Nothing much, but yeah. that's so cool <laughs> that people donate to help keep our thing. Going. That just means a lot. That's just really cool. So yeah. thank you all very much. Listening audience. Yeah.
1: Or, yeah. Thank or you Our everybody.
2: patrons, I should say specifically. Yeah. Our
1: co-executive producers.
2: Co-executive producers. Yeah.
1: All right. And then if you want to look ahead to next month, uh, we've got, I, I'm not sure yet what the, uh, the members only episode will be for next month. That'll come out kind of around the middle of next month. And uh, we'll give you a heads up for that one. If you're wanting to join and, and uh, get access to that. But our ones next month are the Tribute to Australia month uh, to kind of round out the year here in November. We're going to have Quigley Down Under, Rescuers Down Under, Men at Work, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. We'll finish up the month of November for us. and Then when we get to December, we'll have another Patreon exclusive episode in the middle of that month. Um, But then we've also got Edward Scissorhands, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, Pump Up the Volume, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we got some good ones coming up to finish out the year here. Bo, you look like you're pumping up the volume.
0: That's exactly right, John.
1: That's what I thought. Okay. Bo Warmbold, bringing the energy here tonight. Because it's only like midnight. <laughs> All right. So the movie that we're talking about here is Mr. Density. I'm sorry, Mr. Destiny. I'm going to do that every single time. Uh, Mr. Destiny, 12th of October, 1990, rated PG-13. Runtime of one hour, 50 minutes. Directed by James Orr, who did Breaking All the Rules and Man of the House. Uh, producers on this one are james Orr and jim crookshank uh, they both did father of the bride one and two writers on this one were james Orr and jim Cruikshank. they also wrote three men and a baby sister act two back in the habit cinematography by alex thompson who died in 2007 also did cinematography for legend excalibur and the saint music was done by david newman who also did war of the roses the sandlot and the nutty professor you're killing me smalls i can't wait till we get to that one that's gonna be a fun one budget on this one was 20 million box office was 15.4 million so did not make back its budget uh, flick metrics which combines rotten tomatoes imdb and letterboxd gives it a 59 percent um, i believe rotten tomatoes alone the critics gave it like a 33 percent or something with the squelchy tomato yeah, thing it was, yeah. it was
2: on the lower side
1: yeah yeah uh, cinema did not have a score for this one starring Jim Belushi who played Larry Burroughs. He was in red heat and trading places. Linda Hamilton played Ellen Burroughs. Uh, she was in Dante's peak in the Terminator movies. Um, let me stop here for just a second. I want to point out that I loved the fact that her maiden name was Ripley. Yes. And so then you have Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver have both played Ellen Ripley. Mm-hmm. That was very exciting for me. I don't know if that was intentional. I hope it was intentional. But even if it wasn't, I don't care. It was just, it was fun.
2: Yeah, even if it was accidental, it was
1: yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Um, sums up most of the things I've ever done in my whole life. Uh, Michael Caine played Mike. He was in the Batman movies and Death Trap. John Lovitz played Clip Metzler. He was in A League of Their Own and The Critic. Uh, Hart Bochner played Niles Pender. He was in Die Hard and Supergirl. Bill McCutcheon, who died in 2002, played Leo Hansen. He was in Steel Magnolias and Sesame Street. Renee Russo played Cindy Joe. She was in Ransom and the Thomas Crown Affair. J.O. Sanders played Jackie Earle. He was in The Day After Tomorrow and Kiss the Girls. Mari Chaykin, who died in 2010, played Guzzleman. He was in My Cousin Vinny and Dances with Wolves. Douglas Steele, who died in 1999, played Boswell. He was in Amadeus and Ernest Saves Christmas. Courtney Cox played Jewel Jagger. She was in Scream and Friends. Although Larry, played by James Belushi, has a comfortable middle-class life, married to his teenage sweetheart Linda Hamilton, and in an executive position at a sporting goods firm, it still rankles him that he struck out in the last at-bat at his high school baseball championship. When he stumbles into an unfamiliar bar on his 35th birthday, the bartender Michael Kane fixes Larry a special cocktail that sends him back to that pivotal moment allowing him the life he thought he wanted. Let's go Larry! About that silly baseball game again.
0: So, you really think your life would have been better if you'd hit the ball, huh? A lot better. (laughs) Hitting that baseball has spun your life off in an entirely new direction. Your life's been changed. This is your house. Those are your children. And Cindy Jo is your wife. Happy birthday, darling. God, help me. (laughs) Who do these cars belong to? (laughs) Well, they belong to you, sir. Get the hell out of here. As you wish, sir. I mean, she's my wife, for Pete's sake. She was your wife. You can't run around mixing and matching the circumstances of your destiny. If we weren't married, how can I know that you sleep in an old, faded flannel shirt? Spies. How come I know that every night you brush your hair exactly 86 times? Spies. Ask me something I couldn't possibly know.
2: The day I got my driver's license,
0: I got pulled over for speeding. I want to know the name of the song on the radio. This one.
1: I just want to be with you, like we were before. You
0: didn't think everything was going to be perfect, did you? <laughs> I guess it just wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be. Are you an angel or something? Not exactly, no.
1: All right. So this one kind of exists in the vein of the change your destiny type movies, a little bit like a, um, like an, it's a wonderful life or, you know, some of the movies kind of like that. Uh, let's start off with our first question here. First question, I'm going to change things up a little bit from how we normally do it. Um, did you enjoy this movie? Let's just start with that one real quick. Did you enjoy it?
0: Yes. Immensely.
1: When well, you, you said Bo, that this was, I think you said earlier, this was a, this is a repeat viewing for you regularly. Yeah,
0: I I like this movie a lot. It's fun to come back to every once in a while and just enjoy. There was a time when it was on TV a lot, and I would catch Mm -hmm. it there. Um, Not currently. It it had actually been a while since I'd seen it. But when it popped up on the list, I was very excited. Yeah, I I totally agree with everything Bo
2: said. It's the first time I've seen it. I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film, and I could see it becoming a – regular watch and a repeat viewing and a come back to it. I, I really enjoyed the thing.
1: Yeah. Same for me. I had not seen this one before. Um, you know, I, I knew the, it's, it's like a whole bunch of other movies that I haven't seen before. I recognized the, um, VHS DVD cover. Like I knew I had seen that before a lot of times at like blockbuster or places like that. Um, so I knew about it. Like I, I knew about the movie. I just had never seen it before. So yeah, this was the first time viewing for me, watched it with my wife. Um, you know, we both enjoyed it. You know, sometimes with some of these movies, you, you kind of, you sit down to watch them and you're like, Oh, okay. That was, that was all right. But no, I, we, we sat down we both agreed. We're like, no, that was, that was a fun movie. Like it was, we, Kind of went into it not really knowing too much about it, not having really any expectations of it. Um, but you know, ended up enjoying it. The only thing I knew before watching it was the uh rating it had been given on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, well, I maybe it won't be a good movie, but whatever. I'm, I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna give it a chance and uh actually had a lot of fun with it, you know.
2: Yeah, and it's got kind of stacked with actors and actresses.
1: That's exactly what we said. I mean, there are a lot of big name people in this movie.
2: I mean, even if the plot wasn't something you enjoyed, I mean, you're, you got like a lot of star power happening. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, like even that, wouldn't that just be entertaining? I, I don't know. That's my only take on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I you know for this one, I mean, this, this movie is a lot of fun. Of course you start uh, at the beginning. It's, you know, he, he kind of backs things up a little bit to talk about, um, You know, you see him with like the broken down car at the beginning, and then he kind of backs things up. He's like, "Ah, we got to go a little bit further back uh, so that you understand kind of why I'm at the situation I'm at. And uh, you get the flashback to him at the baseball championship game. And uh, he's there. It's it's like the worst, either the best or worst possible situation uh, that you could have had. And, uh, you know, he's the last one up to bat. It's a full count. It's bottom of the ninth. They're down by a run. He's got a guy on third. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the do or die situation for a a championship baseball game. And, uh, and he misses the pitch. And one of the things I wondered at the beginning of the movie, and I wondered if this was going to come back and part of me was a little bit surprised it didn't. When, they kind of make a point of saying, you know, and then something happened. It was like a split second and it happened. And when the ball gets pitched, you see like this flash. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, because I had not seen the movie before. Part of me was like, all right, I've got a sense of what this movie's going to be. That it's going to be, he's going to get to see what his life would have been like. Yeah, he's going to miss this, but later he's going to get a chance to change his destiny and see what life would have been like. And then is it going to be one of those cases where because in all these movies you get to a certain point and you're like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, what about the way things were before? You know what I mean? I, I, I need to go back to the way things were. Everybody always learns a lesson, you know, and they're always like, okay, that's cool. That was great. But it's not what it was like. I've learned to appreciate what I had before. So in the back of my mind, I almost thought that that flash that he sees when the ball gets pitched to him was going to be something that he had to cause or, or or something that had to be put in place for history to write itself by the end of the movie. And that it didn't really come back to that. It just ended up being that maybe that was symbolism for a pivotal moment in his life, that it really wasn't anything more than that.
0: I've always assumed that they're implying that Michael's doing it. Right. That he's flashing something in the stands and that's what distracts him.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: That's always been my take on that. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, whether it's intentional or not, I don't know, but that's always been my,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny having watched, having watched this movie and thinking about like moments that change your life. Do you guys ever watch the TV show community?
2: Oh yeah. I've never heard of it. No.
1: Okay. So I had not watched community, uh, when it originally came out, but I've, I've kind of been going back through and rewatching it now. Cause I, a lot of times I like to find, I don't have a whole lot of time for like the hour long shows right now. So if I can find a good, like 22 minute, you know, half hour show that I can watch through an episode pretty quickly. That's all good. Uh, did not watch it at the time it came out, but I've been I've been tearing through all the seasons lately, and it's actually a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of little kind of inside gags about movies and TV shows. Like there was one there was one episode because one of the characters is supposed to be kind of a, a movie buff, and um, they're wearing I think in one of the episodes they're wearing kind of like I don't know if it's for a costume party or what it is, but one of them is wearing almost like 1930s kind of gangster clothing and mm-hmm. uh they walk up to each other and the one guy goes, uh the the guy's name is Abed. And uh he he walks up to the one guy and he goes, Hey Abed, what's the rumpus? And Abed just smiles and he goes, Miller's Crossing. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> so it's like awesome. this, there's a lot of stuff like that in it. Um but they have an episode where they are playing some type of a game. I, I forget what it is now, but they're playing some type of a game and they have to roll the dice. And every time they roll the dice, it's, uh, in fact, the, the Abed character, he's like, no, he's like, don't roll those dice. Because anytime you roll a dice, it creates alternate realities. Okay. And so the entire episode is like six different realities of how their day could have gone based on, okay. you know, what number the dice ended up rolling. Cause I think yeah. it was, there was somebody, there was uh, somebody was delivering a pizza and they were rolling the dice to see who was going to go downstairs and get the pizza and pay for it and everything else. And depending on what they rolled, that was going to completely change their destiny depending on that. So I actually watched this movie and that episode of community at almost exactly the same time.
2: Mm -hmm. That kind of got you thinking. And I, and and I, and I don't know how many different um, movies and TV shows have done it, but the idea of, well, it's a wonderful life, right. Has done something like this. There's been one, possibly two, you could say star Trek next generation episodes that are kind of centered around this. Like, man, I should have gone left when I went right. And, well, okay, but there's all these unforeseen circumstances, so I feel like this kind of a plot I've seen a bunch before, but that's okay. It's it's fun seeing that played out. I've always enjoyed that, and I, I got to be honest, I'm kind of a sucker for the whole. Okay, well, here's this mysterious bar that then, when you look at it, it's gone the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think that's cool. Even and it's a completely different sort kind of, of like the
0: miss, missing Zoltar machine.
2: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. The missing Zoltar machine, even in Midnight in Paris, that movie, which is a a different, almost a different thing entirely. I like that idea of, you know, it's late at night and we found this place, but now we're trying to find it again. And no, this isn't, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of a sucker for that in the movies. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was a fun, I thought it was a cool movie.
1: Yeah. When we see it at the very beginning and it was kind of funny too, because as we're watching this, we've had some different projects we've had to do at our house. And so when you see the house at the beginning and it's, it's unfinished (laughs) and you've got the contractor, now the contractor we tend to work with, I mean, he's, he's great. Like he handles a lot of stuff for us. He's worked for my wife's family for years in, you know, whenever they need to have, have a project done. And, you know, he's, he's great. We don't ever worry about anything. We, we always know we're like never being taken for a ride, uh, whenever we're working with him on something. And so it's just, it's funny to watch some of these, movies like you know you watch the money pit you watch some of the other stuff um and you see this one he's, he's just sitting there by the truck he's like oh you know he's haven't seen you in like six months you know months. D- didn't didn't think we'd ever see you again he's like so um the driveway and the guy's guzzleman he's like yeah w- w- what about it <laughs> think maybe we could pave it uh you'd have to get rid of the mud gotta call him mud guy, mud guy. <laughs> I know guys. That's a real thing. Yep. How much this time? Yeah. Thousand. Thousand. Know a different number? 2000. 2000.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: That, that was pretty funny. And like mm -hmm. anything, there's always a hint of a little hint of reality mm -hmm. in that.
1: 220, 220, 221, whatever it takes.
0: Whatever it takes.
1: (laughs) Oh, so that was that kind of hit close to home. Not that we haven't any issues with like, like that with our contractor, but you know, that was just kind of a, The, the, the home improvement is the struggle is real. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you get a sense in this movie, you know, he's got, that's the one thing, the only thing, if I was going to narrow a criticism at this movie for anything, it's that I'm not sure that it does enough of a job to show me what is so wrong about his life.
0: Yeah. He, he just says it's boring.
1: Right. Like that piece of it, that wasn't enough for me to fully be on his side for changing things. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm looking at his life and I'm like, well, he, he's got a great wife. He's got a nice house. He's got a good job. He's got, you know, he, he gets to work on his model cars. I mean, sure. Who wouldn't like to have a sports car or six? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. But if so, if I was going to narrow criticism at the movie, that might be one of the only things is I might say, there wasn't enough for me to see like, like in a movie, I, we keep, we're going to keep comparing it to it's a wonderful life. You know, that movie does enough of a job to show over time. Um, you know, he, he sacrificed a lot and didn't get to go off and travel the world. Like he wanted to, he didn't get to go to college. He didn't get to leave Bedford fault. Like that was, that movie had a sustained, you know, here's where George Bailey gave up this. Here's where he did this. Here's where he did this. Here's where he did that. And then you have this long laundry list, of well of course he's going to be frustrated with his life like things have hit ahead he's he's you know he might go to jail because of you know uncle billy losing the eight thousand dollars or whatever it was and this movie it just didn't there wasn't enough there for me to be like no i I can see why you're dissatisfied with your life Mm -hmm. um you know i actually i'm looking at his life and i'm like it's actually pretty good yeah like like,
2: well yeah And I I could see where this one was maybe, you know, with the critics handed a little bit, I, I can see where because it's a little bit more of a lighter weight kind of look at that, you know, where it's a wonderful life took a little bit more of a deep dive. Although in all fairness, I mean, he was kind of like dealing with a car that busted down and he just went into the bar and was just like. Oh man, I just wish, you know, if I would have just hit that, it, you know, it wasn't like the Zoltar machine and big where he's just constantly getting put down. So he wants to make a change. He was just kind of like talking to the bartender, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, if I could have just gone back and it wasn't like he had this whole scheme to actually do it. It was just more by happenstance. And that was, you know, I mean, that was kind of what he realized that my life really wasn't that bad. You know, it's so, yeah, I, I mean i can, I could can see where you're coming from that it's it's uh it's not as much of a deep dive as you do see in some of the other movies that ex- explore this kind of thing
1: yeah but i I mean despite all that still a fun movie you yeah. know e- even though it may be you know some of it's the the premise of it and the motivation of it is maybe a little shallower than some of these other movies that are kind of like this um, Yeah. you know still still a lot of fun
2: yeah and, and I think you know just helped by the star power that was in there Is what I found. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Michael Caine, John Lovitz, I mean, all those folks. And was that, was the one that carried the gun, the one that was the, the, the femme fatale, was that a very young Courtney Cox? It was. Yeah, it was. (laughs) That only took me like an hour and a half to realize that (laughs) I I didn't cheat, but yeah,
1: there were a lot, I mean, there were several parallels in this movie and I don't know how much of that he had influence over. Um, But the fact that it was Jim Belushi, you know the the song. Um, what's the song they end up playing on the jukebox? Give me some lovin'. Give me some lovin'. Yeah, which you know, obviously is one that uh, you know that I think that featured in the Blues Brothers. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, then what that really reminded me of, and I know we're jumping ahead to the end of the movie here for a second, but um, when you had Courtney Cox coming after him with the gun at yep. the end of this movie, it so much reminded me of uh, Carrie Fisher's character in Blues Brothers. Yep. Where she's going after John Belushi with the with the rocket launcher, the machine gun that (laughs) yeah, yeah, agreed. So this was a fun. I mean, as you said, like star power. Like you get to his job and his best buddy. You know, as a kid, his his best buddy is a little obnoxious but a very sweet kid. And uh, of course, who is that obnoxious but usually fairly sweet person going to grow up to be John Lovitz? John
0: Lovitz. I mean, come
1: (laughs) on. And he's just, their interaction was fun. You know, he's, he's at the office building and he's like, you know, they're, they're like wrestling with each other. And he's like, I want to, I'm going to give you a kiss on the head. I'm going to, and then you know, obviously I'll, you know, Renee Russo walks in and everybody straightens up, <clears throat> you know, just, uh, just uh, doing guy stuff hey. here, just guys doing guy stuff. Cindy, Joe, how you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was all the scenes. I mean, all the scenes that were in the movie, I, I thought were fresh and funny and, Nothing, you know, maybe the overall premise seemed a little, if you said like, I think the way you said it was right on the shallower side, but like I said, each individual scene, it was just fun watching all of those guys work. I thought they, you know, brought it light, brought it to life. And the scenes were funny, you know, if a little bit predictable, but like, okay. So, um, you know, Dave, that was the other movie I thought of is the movie Dave where, okay, they mm-hmm. he's in a new position and suddenly they think it's the same guy, but he's acting differently. And what's going, you know? Um, I thought all those things were, you know, it was fun and heartwarming when he talked John Lovitz off the roof and it was cool.
1: And I think that um, uh, Hart Bochner, who in this movie he played uh, Niles Pender, Mm -hmm. is, I mean, he is just, if in in the late 80s, early 90s, you just needed to have a sleazy businessman character, he is, he's perfect for it. Um, you know, he played Ellis in Die Hard, um, was, uh, was Niles in this movie. He was also in, and I'm trying to remember his, it's been so long since I've seen the movie. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture what character he was. He was also in Supergirl, the 1984 Supergirl movie. And I'm trying yes. to picture his character, but I cannot, I feel like he was probably some kind of a, you know, less than reputable character in that movie too. It's mm-hmm. been a while since I've seen it. So I'll have to, I'll have to go back and watch that one. Yeah. But yeah, no, if you need like the perfect quintessential sleazy businessman, um, you know, and, and obviously he looks a little bit more, uh, well put together here as opposed to the cocaine sniffing Ellis that he was in diehard. Mm.
0: Mm. Mhm. Still might be some cocaine sniffing going on. You know, I'm just
1: saying. Right. But- no, I mean, he, he definitely looks like he likes to enjoy the, uh, uh, Bolivian marching dust, but, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that cracked <Bo> up. <laughs> nice. Oh uh, man. Well, it, the movie felt like an eighties movie. It was 1990. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but it felt, I had that feel of an eighties movie. And I think, again, I'm just going to sound like the broken record. All the people that were in it really kind of placed it in there. I, I don't know. I felt mm-hmm. I'd seen it once, but I felt very comfortable watching the movie. I kind of felt like, all right, I'm, I'm back in the saddle of these are movies that I remember watching and the flavor of them that I remember watching when I started watching movies on my own, um, and choosing movies on my own. It just, all the beats worked for me. You know, it just felt comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, you know, a, an old, I'd say an old pair of shoes, but old shoes aren't comfortable, you know, a, a broken in pair of shoes, mm-hmm. broken in pair of pants, uh, uh, my go-to sweatshirt, you know, I mean, it just, um, It felt comfortable. It was entertaining, the humor, the whole thing. It all worked.
1: It was. I mean, I think you're right. It's very, it is very eighties in kind of its beats in this movie. You know, you've got the, um, he's, he's, he's made good. He gets to have the beautiful girl. He's got the cars, he's got the house. Um, but he's also dealing with the weaselly businessman that's trying to like, you know, do this underhanded deal to you know, sell the company behind the boss's back and like all this other, I mean, those are very, those are very much eighties themes. And and as we kind of have talked before, it's like you've hit 1990. So it's not like in terms of quote unquote eighties movies, it's like, we're not out of the eighties just yet. Like I still think it kind of takes, and and I think I I think when I talked to um, Kevin Smokler that I mean, that was a couple of years ago now it was a few years ago, um, who wrote that book Brat Pack America, uh, he mentioned that too. I think he he made a point of saying that like, look you're you're really not you're really not into a new decade's style until you're about a year or two into the new decade. So, you know, you're still going to get some of those eighties themes are still going to kind of creep in, in 90, 91, maybe even 92 or so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what it, it makes it, it. It does make it feel very comfortable. It's like, you know, that's one of the other things about this movie is, and I, I'm not saying this in a critical or negative way, but there really weren't too many surprises in this movie. Like mm-hmm. was, there was nothing yeah. in this movie. I, I knew I wasn't going to be shocked by anything in this movie or surprised by anything in this, in this movie. Um, It was just one of those, it's just going gonna, gonna to be a fun movie and I'm going to enjoy it. You know, nothing or yeah. er, nothing earth shattering, nothing <laughs> hey, shocking.
2: But let's say you go, to, you know, to your favorite restaurant that, like, you know, there's exotic restaurants and there's like gourmet restaurants and all that. But sometimes you just want to go to your favorite restaurant and like, do you want to be shocked when you get the thing that you always order because you're ordering what you want? No, you kind of want that meal because it tastes good. And that's why you go to it, whatever that is,
1: you know. You, no, because you kinda, frankly, I, I went to I tried to go to Buffalo Wild Wings uh, a little while back okay. and, and they got rid of the buffalo chips. And, and, and I'm sorry, but I order the same thing every time I go to Buffalo. I'm I'm just that consistent. When I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I know exactly what I want to order. I order my wings. I order the different sauces I want. I order a side of buffalo chips. And away we go. And uh, it was several weeks ago, and I, I actually a couple months ago, and I, uh, I was going to order something. I was trying to order through their app and either go pick it up and then just you know, bring it back to my office. And I uh, went to try to go order in the app. I was like, oh, they don't have buffalo chips in the app. And then I couldn't find him anywhere. So then I went and looked and there was like this whole article about, oh, yeah, no, they've uh, after having them for years and years and years, here are some things they've removed from their menu. I'm like, no, nope.
2: no, no, yeah,
1: no, thank you. Yeah, no, So yeah, I no, those are those are times I don't want to be shocked. So I don't need surprises.
0: No, and not with my wings, man. No, you can screw with a lot of things. Do not screw with a man's wings. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think this movie fits in. We, you know, uh, let's ask it to be, like I said, I've, I've really very much enjoyed it. And I could see like Bo said, coming back to it and why? Well, cause it delivers on what you want and it tastes good.
1: Now, the only other thing, if I was going to take this a little bit too seriously, okay. The only other thing that bothered me mm-hmm. was, and, and mentioned this before, it bothers me in, in other movies is the, his relationship with, both of his wives Mm -hmm. in this movie, I was like, even with a change in your, in your destiny and change in your life, I'm like, really, you're going to forget about your, your, you know, Linda Hamilton wife that quickly. Uh Like you're already going to just go ahead and jump on into the, with no hesitation, jump into this life. And, but then magically, you know, once, once you've had your fun with Cindy, Joe, you're going to jump back out again And then all of a sudden realize, oh, no, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That was nice, but. Oh, yeah, I got this. uh, I got this other thing going on over here. So that was one of the only things that like I I got a little frustrated with. I was like, I know this is kind of a lighthearted movie. It's not going to take it. to it's not going to take itself too seriously. And I probably shouldn't be taking it too seriously either. But that was one of the only other things that I was like, really, we're not going to give this any other thought like we're not going to mull over this even just for a little bit. We're just full steam ahead. Okay. The The lingerie did it for you. Okay. Then <sighs> happy birthday.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's a, it's supposed to be a lighthearted movie. Right. You know?
1: Right. Which is like, why I didn't let it bother me too much, but it was just like in in the back of my mind, I was like, really? Like if, yeah. if I was, if I was your Linda Hamilton wife, I, I think I would be a little bit bothered by the complete lack of you know, thought that you <laughs> that went into the. Oh, wait a minute! I, I was married before. I wonder if this is real. Do I care if it's real? Uh, not right now. Right.
2: Purple's a nice color.
1: It's true. Vicky, and I'm just
2: gonna say, hello, legs.
1: Vicky, Vicky right. Vale, Vicky Vale. If we learned anything from Batman, Vicky Vale loves purple.
0: Purple. Oh, oh I love purple.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Purple rain, <laughs> purple. so yeah. So one-eyed, one horn flying purple bee. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was just trying ah. to find anything else that was purple.
2: Nice
1: cars. Nice cars mm-hmm. in there. Cars were nice. Yep. I did. I, it, that was kind of funny. I mean, he's gone through the entire house, and and he's gone through this whole thing, and he's like, "Nice cars. Who are they? Who, who do these belong to?" <laughs> Like, By you, sir, dude, you've been told already this is your house, it is your library. <laughs> Get out of here, okay, sir. Yes, okay, sir. yes sir, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> I love when he takes him for the ride in the car for the first time, they just come screeching ahead. And it's like, that was great, give yourself a raise, and it-
2: <laughs> that's it's outstanding.
1: Oh, and he plays golf like I do too.
0: Yes.
1: I have not played golf in many, many years, but I guarantee you if I picked up a club again at this point,
0: look a lot like
1: that. mm, It'd be very much like that. It slipped.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Very entertaining.
1: I like that. He had to talk to himself. Okay. This is not like a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So he does. We get to the end of the movie and uh, he is, uh, much as it was in the, apparently when you change your destiny, uh, it does not change how the uh, sleazy businessman is trying to uh, sell the company out from under the boss's nose. And uh, it it just turns it more into a murder type situation, I guess, when you are, uh, when you are living the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And um, so we do get towards the end of the movie that uh, Niles is trying to sell the company out from under everybody, uh, making a deal with Japanese and so when this all starts to kind of fall through, he then plots to, uh, kill Larry at his, at the office, uh, make it look like it was a break-in of some kind. And, uh, instead he ends up killing, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking out on the older man's name. Uh, oh, shoot. I am completely, I'm on it. Yep. Yep. Why am I not remember? Leo. Leo.
0: Leo Hansen. Yeah, Mr. yeah, Hansen, yeah. He yeah Mr. Hansen.
1: Um. Yeah. So Leo Hansen comes in and he ends up killing him instead. And so he's like, "All right, well, okay, I'll, I'll flame, for, uh, frame Larry for this, and this will work out even better." Um. So obviously, the end of this movie it's a little bit more action packed than it's a wonderful life. You know, you don't have necessarily any like car chases, in it's a wonderful life. So we've updated it for 1990. Um. And, uh, that was, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got to make his escape. He does decide to take a moment and, and swing by, um, Ellen's house, but unfortunately she has reconciled with her husband in this timeline. So that is, that's not going to work. So, uh, he needs to, he needs to go back so it can skew off into an alternate 1990. Um, and he can make sure that, uh, he can, uh, make right what once went wrong and um, I'm gonna just see how many references I can make to time travel and other stuff in in this uh, in this one sentence. Easy to do. Yeah, there there is no fate but what we make for ourselves. And um, so he does. A, he runs over his dog, which again, not cool. Sammy. Poor Sammy. If this was a few years later, I would have thought it was Sammy Sosa. Um, you know, knowing the the Chicago connections, but a little bit before Sammy Sosa. Coming to Chicago, just, so just a, bit. just a tad, just a tad, um, and so he, you know, he ends up back in front of the bar where Michael had first given him, uh, or Mike had first given him the spilled milk drink, and uh, so he's trying to uh, recreate the concoction there while the police are on their way. He can hear the sirens in the background. Doesn't do it right. I'm kind of curious what that first drink he made would have done to him. Um, <laughs> you know, his nope, that's disgusting. Um, you know, I'm sure it probably changed time somewhere or, you know, erased a bunch of people's memories or something like that. Uh, but he does get it right just in time for when the door uh, you know, bursts open. It is uh we've seen the flashing lights and uh we knew that somebody was outside, they're coming into the bar and instead of it being the cops, it's a tow truck driver. And so things have gone back to the way that they should be and uh life probably is going to be back to normal for him and You know, he decides that, uh, he's going to thank Mike, even though Mike trying to tries to kind of play this off as I don't know what's happening. You, Uh you were just hanging out here the whole time. I don't know what you're saying. Hmm. And so we get him going back home and, uh, he's got the, the surprise birthday party. he's happy to see everybody. It's, it's basically the, it's a wonderful life moment where all of your friends are there and you're celebrating and life is good. And he gets the, gets the promotion at work and for having saved the company and, um, you know, all that other stuff. And then we come to the end of the movie and the end of the movie is, it goes to a flashback of when he was a kid and he missed the pitch. And um, basically as he's walking out of the uh, baseball stadium, uh, Mike is there and uh, he just lets him know, he's like, yeah, it's a tough break kid. L- your life is going to be okay. Like, don't take it too seriously. Don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. Okay. And uh, in, in classic, like 15 year old fashion, he basically walks off. He's like old fart. What does he know?
0: (laughs) Damn old. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's pretty much, that is it. That's the end of the uh, end of the movie. So no, yeah. Fun movie, fun movie. Um, This is a type of movie. I mean, I've always said I'm a, I'm a time travel nut. I'm like an alternate universe nut. So I love any kind of a story where it shows you how things are slightly different. Um, I, within the last few minutes I've referenced Terminator, I've referenced Quantum Leap, uh, all these different types of movies and TV shows. So, uh, I am always a sucker for an alternate reality kind of deal. So, Uh so this was a fun one as well. You know, just, just kind of the opportunity to see what your life would have been like if something was slightly different. Uh Uh, do we have anything else to say about this one before we go into our three questions?
2: I don't think so. See it. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. You got a cast full of a listers and soon to be a listers. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I have nothing but great things to say about it. It's really a cool movie.
1: And, and I will say this, I mean, Linda Hamilton, I'm not sure that she is given a whole lot of credit for her acting ability, but the fact that she can go from a character like this, where she's very, and she plays two different characters in this movie. She's the very kind of, you know, carefree, you know, happy-go-lucky type person uh, when she's in the normal timeline, switch it over, and she's like the union representative, and she's very, you know, straight-laced, clear-cut, you know, everything is business. And then, I mean, that's within the same movie, but then take it where she's the, you know, she's the very sweet, when, when she's Ellen Burroughs. She's Mm -hmm. very sweet. She's very nice. You know, she's very loving. And then I'm just I'm looking at that and I'm picturing. Good Lord, this is also Sarah Connor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How is this the same person?
2: Well, in Terminator, that's Sarah Connor. That's the same person. Mm -hmm. Terminator Mm -hmm. 2. Right. You know.
1: Yeah. Which we get, what, two years after this, three years after this? Uh Somewhere around there. Yeah. No. All right. Next up, three questions.
2: He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions.
1: It's impossible to answer. Impossible
0: because you don't
1: know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I
2: want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a
0: rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
1: All right, three questions this time around. Question number one, what is your favorite room in your house, and how would you improve it? I will tell you my lovely wife and I, the moment we saw his library, we, we, I think we both started drooling. We're like, because where I, where I record our podcast is actually in our kind of our our office and our library. Um, it is not the same size as the library in his house. And, um, I, I would love to have a library of that size, but, uh, yeah. Do not have a library of that size. Ours is very nice.
0: Oh yes. It's very nice. Sir.
1: We looked at that and we're like, I think our house could fit in that library about three times. Yeah. So we're very impressed with the library and the fireplace.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
1: So I don't <laughs> know, favorite room in my, in my house and how would I improve it? I, I would say maybe library, um, our kind of office library. I, if I could make it a little bit bigger, and get a little bit more bookshelves in here, because even though we've got a lot of bookshelves in here, uh, we got a lot of books between a librarian and a former English teacher. Um, we got some books and we don't have all the space to put them in. Mm-hmm. So a larger library would be nice. I, I would also at some point, I think it would be fun to have a, uh, a little kind of home theater room somewhere in the house. So I think that could be fun to do, too. But I don't currently have that. So I can't say that's my favorite room in the house. That would be if it existed
2: cool very cool i like the idea of the library
0: well what about yourself i think for me it's the basement because i want it to be that home theater space Mm -hmm. i've tried a few things here and there but i would love to just really sink my teeth into making this a place to go experience movies you know
1: would you do a uh, Would you do a mm-hmm. big TV or would you do a projector and a screen?
0: I'd probably do a big TV. Okay. Projectors I deal with all day; they're a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
0: Yeah, you don't want to bring work home. No, yeah. no, I want things just to work when I get home. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'll take the garage. I mean, he had a lot of fancy cars in there. So, I mean, I love the library. I love the basement. So I'll, I'll complete the triumvirate. And that was nice, just having a garage. And that's what I do is, you know, have it be heated, have an area that, you know, I could go out in the garage and, you know, have got some chairs, have a little carpeted area that I can hang out. You could probably put a TV out there if you wanted to go watch racing or something like totally. that. Football? Yeah. Got the trumpet. You know, I could practice out there, you know. There you go comfy chairs and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, not that I, well, I, I don't have like cars and things that are like, you know, um, you, you know, worthy to just sit and look at.
0: But if you had a place to put them, you might have
2: them. Yeah, but I might have to do that. And honestly, I mean, I, it's not a secret. I love motorcycles. I love my motorcycle. I didn't design it. So I'm not like arrogantly saying, oh, well, look what I've done. I mean, it's not like it's a custom build or anything, but I just love looking at motorcycles. So I could just sit and... Just look at motorcycle. Like I could probably just go out in my garage and just hang out for a couple hours and just I don't look at my motorcycle. You know, have friends come over, bring their bike. You know what I'm saying? So it would be. Yeah, I'd probably just say the garage.
1: I am not surprised that that was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that would be yours.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Question number two, favorite change of destiny movie. So a movie where somebody gets to see what their life would have been like if something had happened differently. So there's several movies like this out there. I mean, we've already referenced it's a wonderful life several times mm-hmm. for me. That might actually be mine. You know, that's the, that's kind of the the quintessential. You want to see what your life would be like if it was different. You're going to, a, an angel is going to give you an opportunity to see, you know, to kind of prove a point to you. Um, the only other one I could think of, I, I, as a kid, I always thought, um, and maybe that's where it started my enjoyment of alternate realities. I always thought back to the future too, was a lot of fun, you know, just for yeah. him, just for him to be able to get you know, skewed off into the alternate 1985 and, and all that. Um, but if I was going to go to one that had kind of
0: erased, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: if I was going to go to one with more of like a, cause that's obviously not an, an upbeat message because things went very badly uh, in the alternate 1985. But if I was going to go with one that had kind of a little bit more of like an upbeat, like this movie where like, you know, you get to see how life would have been different. You learn something it's positive in the end, you know, all that other stuff. Um, another one that's always been kind of fun is uh, family man. It was a Nicolas cage, Tara Leone movie, a, ta- mm-hmm. a Tia Leone movie uh, where it's actually the opposite. Like he starts off as the kind of wealthy executive and, uh, he, he gets to see what his life would have been like if he'd lived, I think he ends up being like a living an, uh, an average life as a tire salesman, mm-hmm. but he is married to Taya Leone and, and they have, you know, they have kids, they have kind of a normal life. And, um, you know, he kind of, he, he learns a lesson for, I won't go any further just in case anybody's going to watch it, but, um, that's been a good one too. So if I wasn't going to do it's a wonderful life, I might go with that one.
0: You know, I like the back to the future Two idea. Because that's you know, that's it's a classic example of it. I actually like this one in this category. Um, it's it it's, it's fun because it picks a single second, you know. There's not multiple things that happen, it's just one change and it, it shows that butterfly effect down the uh-huh. down the timeline, you know.
1: I would not choose the butterfly effect movie. Like things do not work out well.
0: No. <laughs> Mm.
1: that is the opposite end of the spectrum
2: um yeah i'm trying to think uh it, I, as far i you guys kind of name the movies unless there's one well, like racking my brains for okay i know i've seen more of this but i wonder how much of it i've seen in like shows you mm. know what i mean and it's just like I don't know. And, and I'm going to just go to Star Trek, how they've explored that. I want to say that Enterprise and Voyager both had, you know, didn't Voyager have the year from hell, uh, yes. story arc, where that was exciting. Um, you know, how a couple things could change. They have, you know, the, the whole Star Trek mirror universe is exciting, you know, cause you see like, okay, what happens if things that operated differently? um, that's a little bit different than a change of destiny. That's kind of alternate timeline. So, so
0: but it's it's certainly in the same vein. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, technically, Back to the Future is alternate timeline.
2: Yeah, uh, you know. So I think that stuff's cool. I, I know that there was the um, um, there there was the Voyager, or I'm sorry, rather the the next generation where Captain Picard was like, "Boy, I did something stupid." I mean, it was like this. Like I had this mm-hmm. one. St- thing let me correct that and then you know q shows him well look what you did and this changes all this um all the new movies basically happened because of a change of destiny type thing you know the the whole they have a whole separate timeline right and i gotta hand it to them they did it creatively well how did they do their reboot they actually explained it you know Mm -hmm. um so i find that interesting uh anytime that this comes up it's it's just uh it's interesting. There's the one, and I, I can't remember, is it Voyager or Enterprise where there's that group of people that they find that the guy is trying to change the timeline back so that his wife is still alive. And like, they've got all these, mm-hmm. figure out, but he's like, okay, we do all these things. and what, that's Voyager. Is it Voyager? And then it's like, okay, we're 90%. Um, it was, um, um, the, 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 uh, with the bad guy from RoboCop and the dad in that seventies show was, um, um, Boddicker, Clarence Mm -hmm. Boddicker, that guy was in it. And, um, and he was just like, well, how did we do? Oh, not good. This one was bad. And it was like, just like, he was trying to change this like timeline, you know? So, um, I guess that, I, I guess you guys picked the movies. I can't think of any of the other movies where, um,
1: you're going to go with, um, uh, man in the high castle.
2: That was the other one I was thinking of yeah. Uh man in the hike. High- Although again, I mean, that's kind of, it's an alternate reality, but it's not like, Oh, well, we are going to go back and make some changes and see what uh, happens. You know, right. that was I mean, kind you, of,
1: you get a sense like from some individual characters, they get a glimpse at, Oh, well, my life would have been different had I lived yeah. it this way or if this had happened or yeah
2: yeah and it explores kind of like just okay how would things look differently if this happened but it's not from the character's perspective of i changed one thing in my past and now we're going left as opposed to right Right. you know um so yeah i mean i I, I mean i'm I'm just trying to narrow the scope because i'm listing so many shows but yeah i would just say that like all the you know all the um all the different episodes, you know, in Star Trek that that kind of give you that. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose this direction, and uh, that changes things.
1: All right. Question number three: What is a pivotal moment in your life that might have altered your whole destiny? And I will say, for me, it probably would be uh, my my parents had always told me this story um, that right before I was born, because I was born in December um, of 1980. And I believe it was October of 1980. Uh, My dad was working for Texas Instruments in Dallas, Texas, and they had actually, um, I don't know if they had, had opened up another office or had acquired a company and, uh, he was kind of charged with going over as, as part of a team that was going to work that company into Texas instruments. But anyway, my understanding is like the, they had started to pack up the house. Like we were ready to move. And by October of 1980, uh, my mom and dad, my, my mom very pregnant with me, uh, and my dad were going to move to Singapore. Oh, and wow. so I, I can imagine. And I, I did tell my students in class one time I had some, some students, um, I had some of my, uh, some of my Korean students and my Indian students were arguing over something related to related to their respective cultures. And, uh, and I jokingly, of course I jumped in real quick and I said, guys, I I think I can help you make a decision here um, because I was almost born Asian. So I think I have, uh, I think I have some authority to be able to answer this question for you guys. And they just stared at me like I had horns growing out of my head (laughs) and they looked at me like, wait, what? And I said, no, seriously, like before I was born, my parents were going to move to Singapore and and I would have been born in Singapore. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I was like, well, I was born in America. So I'm an American. If I had been born in Singapore, I would be And one of the kids. One of the kids just goes Asian. (laughs) And I go exactly. (laughs) And the one of the other ones like, you know, it doesn't work that way. And I was like, I I don't know. I mean, what would I have been if I had been born in Asia? (laughs) Uh Guys, I I know I haven't spent a lot of time teaching you logic, but basically if I had been born in Asia, I would be Asian. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So no, I, I think I must, I think I fried a couple of young children's minds when I told them that one time, but, uh, I would imagine that would be a very, a very, uh, pivotal event in my life. Um, that, or there were many, many times, um, you know, I think the fact that we stayed here, obviously my wife and I, we met in high school, um, and, you know, stayed together, got married after that. And there were many times as we were living here that, my dad didn't quite know if we were going to be staying in Chicago, staying in Illinois, moving somewhere else. So we'd moved around to several different places. So at any point in time, moving somewhere else would have completely changed the entire trajectory of how everything would have gone from that point on. So. Mm -hmm. several little moments here and there that if you change one of them, it's obviously going to change, change a lot of things. But that was kind of my original first thought. That was actually the one that my my wife mentioned first too, was, well, if you'd been born in Singapore, that probably would have changed things pretty dramatically.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I got, uh, I got an easy one, Maynard Ferguson concert. I know I talked a couple weeks back or I'm going to talk a couple weeks in Ford or whatever about, you know, meeting famous people. It's going to
1: skew off into this alternate timeline.
2: Maynard Ferguson concert, my freshman year. I loved music, loved jazz music, big band music growing up, got to high school, heard Maynard Ferguson. And that was suddenly when it was like, man, I love jazz music. Like I want to go into music. Um, before that concert in February of, 1990 or whatever that was when i was a freshman in high school um i had a completely different plan for my life and uh music was always going to be like a part of it because i loved music and i love jazz music but i saw that concert and heard maynard ferguson play and it was like i'm going into music that's what i'm going to do um yeah and that's that if i hadn't gone and seen that concert i i'm sure i would have still loved music, but I think my life I think I would have been on a completely different uh course and trajectory and and so forth.
1: Nice that's a great one
2: yeah, yeah really. yeah man.
1: I'm gonna say since you brought up the uh, the discussion that we will have two weeks ago from now okay. I don't know how to word that. Um, that uh, I'm gonna try to travel through time and see if I can prevent a 10 minute conversation about taking a leak next to celebrities.
0: I, <laughs> good luck.
2: That sounds good.
1: Well, the, Our the,
2: podcast ratings could, you know, like like that could be a couple of different things. We we might be picked up a like, man, you get those amateur Dennis and Pat hour out of there, and mm-hmm. you guys can really step up this podcast game. You know, I mean it could be it could be huge.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely be number one.
0: Yes with a bullet
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) better than going number two Bo what do you got
0: um this is an interesting one but I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go with meeting my wife um Mm -hmm. sort of a fluke um she was waitressing and I was patronizing the uh establishment she was working at and you know if you think about it that way if we go to a different restaurant that night or if her shift ends a half hour early, who knows?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. Nicely done.
1: Yeah. I actually have a friend and she loves to tell this story when we were in college together at university of Illinois. Um, there was a guy that was going to be, we we had separate roommates at the time, but he and I were going to be roommates the next year. And um, I think she had just bo- broken up with a, a different boyfriend and all of us had been kind of friends for a while, and and she and this other friend of ours, they were kind of yeah, they were kind of interested in each other, and and they you know were kind of maybe gonna start dating, and but then he ended up getting, he was gonna actually transfer to um, Los Alamos because uh, he was interested in in you know working there eventually and kind of being in that area and. And, uh, when she found that out, like she was upset, like she thought that they were going to start dating, like she's very upset about this. And, uh, I know she was not interested in, in doing much of anything, um, you know, for a little stretch of time. And she, I want to say she either had some friends that kind of convinced her to just come out to one of the bars one night and, and she was really reluctant to do it. She's like, I don't want to, um, she's like, but fine, whatever, I'll, I'll go anyway and, uh, and she did. And that actually ended up being the night that she met the the guy that she ended up marrying. So it was one of those stories of like, she really didn't want to, she wasn't going to something made her change her mind. And, you know, she got there, she met him and that kind of kicked everything off. So cool. Those are always fun stories. Now, where right was it? On. Where, where was Donna at when you met her? The lantern. Oh, she was. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Nice. <laughs> Was that because didn't you, I, thought, I mean, I thought you worked at the lantern for a while too, didn't you?
0: I did, but we yeah, never worked together. We were never employed there at the same time. Okay.
1: Okay. That's what I was going to ask because I didn't think you were, but very nice. All right. Well, I think we've changed. I think we've changed everyone's destiny tonight. Right. I think destinies have been changed. Timelines have been altered. Cars have been driven. Dogs have been saved. What more can we say?
2: Nothing. Nothing.
1: Great. Mr. Density. Great
2: movie. Mm
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future. Oh, man. I love those movies. Excuse me. Yes.
2: are Great movies.
1: All right. Uh, No, no, not allergic at all. Uh, but yes, Mr. Destiny, great movie. So thank you very much, uh, Podrick. This was Podrick's movie that he had recommended to us that he wanted us to cover as part of his listener's choice for being a co-executive producer of the podcast on Patreon. So thank you very much. Thanks for introducing this one to us. Like I said, I, I had seen this uh, VHS and DVD cover at video stores and and in other spots um, you know, pretty regularly. So I mean, I was familiar with it. I just had never watched the movie before. Um, didn't know too much about it uh, other than just basic pre- Premise, but, uh, yeah, no, thank you for, thank you for, um, you know, being a co-executive producer of the show for recommending this one to us. And, um, so yeah, just thanks for that. Cause this was a fun one.
2: Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool.
1: All right. Well, if you want to find out more about the show, go on over to 30podcast.com. That has all the places where you can uh, you can rate, review the show. You can subscribe, uh, find out all about all of our different episodes in the past. Um, You know, check out if you're brand new to the show, you can check out a few different episodes that will kind of give you a, a flavor for what our show is about. Uh, listen to the newest episode right there from the website, leave us a voicemail right there from the website too. If you want to call the number, we still have that one too. It's eight, seven, two, three, five, six, six, eight, four, three. Otherwise there is a, uh, link right there on our new website where you can click and you can leave. I think it's up to two minutes. Uh, you can leave a podcast, leave a podcast. You can leave a voicemail message. You can leave a podcast if you want to. It's going to have to be a quick one. Um, yep. but, uh, <laughs> episode number one, I have 120 seconds. Go. Um, That would be, that'd be 120 something podcast. You only have two minutes to talk about whatever you're going to talk about. Uh Wow. We would never get through anything, but yes, that is on the website. Uh, If you want to go leave a voicemail there on the website, you can do so there. Uh, Our next episode's coming up. Uh, We've got our listeners choice episode for Jason Colvin. One of our other co-executive producers is coming up soon. That one is internal affairs. Um, and then our October Patreon exclusive is Brewster's millions. So that one is coming up at the end of this month. And then, uh, again, in the month of November, we've got Quigley down under rescuers down under men at work, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles coming out of their shells tour, and we will have another Patreon exclusive episode. If you are joining us there through Patreon, you will have access to that members only monthly podcast that comes out. Um, so please join us if you're interested in, uh, catching those, please join us, um, and uh, we will be we'll happy to have you here. Join in as a co-executive producer of the podcast. Well, yeah. thank you, uh, thank you, Pat, and thank you, Bo.
0: Thank you, John.
1: As always, it is so much fun to talk movies with you, gentlemen. And uh, I guess we got to go back to to real life here shortly at some point. Yes. Oh well, that's all right. Everybody, what we all got to do? Do what you got to do. Call the mud guy. You need mud some. Guy. Call your you mud, mud guy. Guys. It's only about a thousand, two thousand maybe. Yeah. Mud guy. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. All right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go call your mud guy. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.